Welcome to episode 13 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron across the table from me. That's Ben. Benny, how's your week, buddy? Week was great. Week was great. Got to keep, uh, like, like you and I said, just even if it's not, just always say it's great and then uh, chances are it'll be great. Yeah, but manifest. In my case, uh, it was great. How was uh, yours? That's, uh, excellent. Excellent. Excellent as always, man. Uh, at this point, there is nothing in the world I would complain about. Um, so this is kind of a topic, and this is really the first show we've had any sort of plan for in the last, I don't know, month or so. Um, and even our plan is um, not a very structured one, but uh, minimalism something that you and I have talked about a lot over the years um, and kind of what it means for us. Um, I guess the topic kind of came up, you and I were talking about, you know, when you were moving to Texas and, and then uh, Wyoming, obviously, and how you could fit everything you owned basically into the bed of your truck and pick up and leave without any hesitation. So that kind of sparked this conversation for us. But when like when would you say you started to focus on kind of like minimalizing the the fog in your life, so to speak? Uh, like, well, for me, I mean, well, obviously both of us are, I would say uh, at least on the track, I was going to say like, I wouldn't consider myself like a full blown minimalist because I think, you know, that requires like, you know, under 10 items, you know, or something like ridiculous, like truly, you know, if you were like a Buddha and all you really needed was your robe, right. you know, that's like truly minimalism. And I think that's like, you know, I think that's the, the initial like, okay, Hey, maybe it's not important to have a lot of stuff. And when I say stuff, I don't just mean like, you know, material things. I mean, anything, mm -hmm. um, you, your basketball could have rolled in the street and a, a car could have ran it over and it was your favorite one. And, and, you know, you think about it all the time. Well, you know, that's the kind of stuff you kind of have to just like anything, like let go of. And, um, but I definitely think, um, where, so I have like a little bit different, like entry into minimalism. And that's the fact that my dad is like a hoarder. Yeah, he, no shit. He loves antiques. I mean, it's all cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, he doesn't like hoard, you know, like McDonald's trash or anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's he's like obsessed with tools. He's got, he's he's obsessed with jackets. He's obsessed bicycles. with bicycles. He's obsessed with car. I mean, he's got everything. And, um, so for me, you know, I grew up on a, you know, decent little size plot of land. We had a big ass barn that is just like, I mean, a lot of our friends know the barn and uh, it's filled with with more stuff than you can even imagine. You, you're you can't even fathom how much stuff is in there. Right. So like my dad kind of grew up with the mindset of like, well, one is none, two is one so on and so forth so like he's like for him he thinks it's like imperative to have like 275 hammers whereas like you know i'm like okay maybe two hammers you know if one breaks you got an extra or something like that but i would say like my my journey kind of just started as a as a child like i mean i i kind of lived through the uh like the sports memorabilia collection phase and mm -hmm. my room was just like tattooed with everything you could imagine like you know pictures of hockey players or whatever you know what i yep. mean and uh and then you know even in college like i remember like i had so much shit at college like so many clothes and shoes and like all this different stuff and then i like you know slowly after college like actually i guess when i went to play in the minors i went down to knoxville 90s. and uh i like i brought a bunch of shit you know i was just in my car but i you know yeah. had a lot of stuff and i was like and then i realized like how often you can get traded and like you know it's nothing is sure. like here and then i was like okay well 
as, as weird as this sounds, but like you see the guys who, who are like kind of like suitcases and get dealt all around and they have like nothing. Right. And it's like, well, that's kind of the way to be like just super, you know, <laughs> light, like, Oh, I get called up or sent down or, or whatever. It's like, you throw your shit in a bag and boom, you're, you're gone. And it's like, then like, that was truly when I was like, well, damn, I kind of like this, like this idea of being able to like pick up and bounce. So, um, I definitely would say hockey probably was like the start of it. And then, you know, so it's gone, but it's a little different. Like, um, I guess I would say like for me, cause like a lot of my stuff are are tools. So like I filled up the back of my truck, but you know, a lot of it's like stuff that I could make a livelihood off of if I, if right. I need yep. so, Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Cause I was, I was like talking about it with you and then like how, you know, even like when you used to come to the beach, you know, it's like, you always brought like a, a cooler and like a backpack and we'd be there all weekend. And it was yep. just like, you didn't need much. It's just a, a simple way to live. You know, you got you. Actually, I could probably name it. You had your 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 little Yeti cooler. Yeah. Your the little like silver. I don't know if it's like a hydro flask or Yeti. Yeti. Cup. Yeti water bottle. Yeah. And then, I don't know. You got your like loafers to go out. You know. Fucking right. You got your uh, your your swim trunks, a shirt, and yep. maybe a hat and sunglasses. That's that was about it. That was the kit. I mean, but then I I am. <laughs> You know, for me, it's like, oh, shit. Well, you got, like, all these different, like, things, activities to do. It's like, oh, you need yeah, to. Yeah, you like, got to have an outfit and a, <laughs> and a setup for everything. No, I mean, it's um, when it comes to, like, like the beach specifically in this example you're using. And I got to the point a long time ago where I was just, like, so happy to be there that, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't like, oh, I need to have, like, of two different pairs of pants just in case like this happens. It was just like, if this happens, you know, fuck it. I'll wear my bathing suit to the bar. I don't care. Um, I think really what it was for me, at least as far as the beach was concerned was I just like got over that like mental hurdle of like caring about having all this excess shit with me. But um, my, my like journey to it was similar to yours, I guess. <clears throat> not in hockey but when i when i moved to california i had to purge like everything right like i had a bed where i was moving which wasn't even really a bed it was two couches push pushed together in a fucking garage <laughs> um, but i had to you know john john riley my old roommate our buddy shout out um had told me I had a bed. So I was like, oh, full, fuck it. Great. I don't need to bring a bed or anything. And I get there and it's a fucking two couches pushed together with a mattress pad on the top of it. It was like, awesome bed. This is going to be great for the back. Um, but when I left, I, I was like, okay, I can only take so much stuff with me. So, you know, I, I vacuum seal bagged all my clothes. I have my hockey bag because I played puck out there, you know, some important paperwork, shit like that, odds and ends. But I got everything I own, my dog, myself, and my buddy Matt all in the car and out there, you know, relatively comfortably. So when I got there, it made me kind of realize, like, I just don't need all of this stuff. Like, you know, you, it's it's like creature comforts, right? Like uh, clothes, shelter, all that stuff. Like you need them, but you don't necessarily need them in the excess of how you have them um like i was i sorry just one last thing i was doing like five loads of laundry when my clothes were dirty and it's like how the fuck can you go through five loads of laundry worth of clothes you know what i mean or yeah or even like yeah dude totally man like same way i i like one thing i did a while back like i guess a couple years ago was i i made like a conscious chain uh conscious effort to like change up my wardrobe mm. so i bought like i literally have like eight of the same black t-shirts they're, that's very steve jobs-esque of you yeah i mean it is but they're also like comfortable yeah they're, sure they're made of bamboo like they look good you know, on you like, 
yeah, no, I like I found something I liked, and I yeah. and I like got multiple of them, and uh, yeah, it just it became like. I I guess for me, I just started finding ways to just like not only be minimal, but like I guess be simpler. You know, yeah. and in the grand scheme of things, it's like you don't. I think the biggest thing is you start to realize like how much stuff you don't use. Like if you right yeah. now were to pack up everything you thought you needed for a vacation and you brought it all and you went on that vacation and then literally came home from the vacation with only the things that you like wore, mm-hmm. you'd be like, what the fuck? Like yeah. every, it's just all a waste of money, yeah. you know, baggage fees, you know, extra checked bag. It's like, you know, then you start to see like, you know, you're in the airport and obviously, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes you got checked bags and, mm-hmm. and all that. But, you know, I've definitely, I've been very conscious about only flying, like not checking bags pretty much ever, you know, and just yeah. flying with my two carry-ons because it's the way to go. And then, you know, it's like, Murphy's law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And it's like, everyone's always in a rush and they always have so much shit with them. Well, guess what? You were probably in a rush because you were packing so much shit. Then you get to the airport in a frenzy. You're late to your flight. You're not there an hour before, like, or the exact time they, or whatever they say, like, when you should get there before a flight so that your check bag gets on the flight. Sure. Yeah. Like you're late. Now your check bag doesn't get on, you know, the flight. Now it's like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm on vacation. Like this is my vacation and, and my bags aren't here. And like, like I literally, it just actually happened to me this yeah. winter. My, I, my ski bag got lost. Granted I had my ski boots in my check, my carry on bag. Yeah and was able to rent other skis and it wasn't a big deal. And I mean, obviously it would have been cool to have my skis, but like, it wasn't like imperative. Right. But then you see the people who are like, you know, literally don't have their luggage. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, everything was in my check bag. And like, I don't even have my, like anything in, in my carry on. And it's just like, and now like their whole entire week or whatever gets, ruined because you know just their bad attitude you know or you know maybe it takes a day or two for their stuff whatever and it's just like one thing leads to another and it's like wow just imagine if you were carrying you know a backpack and like a little duffel bag with you with all your stuff you know and just you know and i get it like and that's the society like girls need all their you know blow dryers and all the shit and their makeup and all this shit and that shit and shoes and shit and shit. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's, um, my experience it too is the first time it ever really, really happened to me <clears throat> last, uh, April, 2019, I went to, uh, I went back to San Diego to visit some friends. Um, and I was, staying at my my friend Meg's house staying on her couch and you know I was like a thank you I wanted to bring a couple bottles of wine for her and stuff so I I checked the bag which that's literally the only occasion I check a bag is if I'm flying somewhere where I either am bringing wine with me or or bringing wine back um you know I'll check a bag if I don't sometimes I'll ship it ahead of time but shipping tends to mess with the wine a little bit more so if you fly it it typically is okay after a couple yeah, you, of days you like to caress the bottles you know yeah i like to set them in a dark room lit only by candlelight at uh 57 degrees with no ambient humidity um just kidding so anyways on the way back <clears throat> obviously i had to check the bag on my, on my bless you i had to check the bag on my way back and you know i'm standing at the carousel just just not only is my bag not on the carousel no bags are on the carousel. They had the entire, our entire flight's bags got moved to another flight from San Diego to JFK. And so I'm standing in line and like, obviously it's an inconvenience. And the funny thing is, so the NHL playoffs were going on. It was blues, jets. I want to say game five. Aaron's got a blues hat on. He's been a diehard blues fans forever. And then they randomly win the Stanley cup. So now it looks like he's a bandwagon jumper, but he's not such 
bullshit. Um, so I, you know, I had to take from JFK, I had to take the, a fucking bus to Grand Central, catch a train from Grand Central back to New Haven, and, and the game was going to start. I was going to get on the train and just watch the game on the train. It's going to be great. I was actually, like, kind of pumped for it. So I lose my bag. Now, like you said, for me, it's not the end of the world. You know, the only, like, inconveniences were, like, some toiletries, but, you know, I have extras at my apartment. So for me, it was just like, okay, can I, I just want to find out when I'm going to get my bag back. Like, I'm not overly concerned about it. People were losing their fucking minds standing in this line, like waiting. There's, of course, there's like two customer service reps there to help, you know, basically an entire flight of people and people are losing their minds. They're being assholes to these people. And it's like, dude, you know, it's not the, first of all, it's not their fucking fault that the bags didn't get loaded. No, no, it's in those a plane two, in San Diego. It's, it's yeah, those right. Two people's fault. <laughs> these two random like middle-aged women. It's not their fault. Your bags didn't get on a plane twenty-five hundred miles away from here. Like, don't be an asshole to them. And like, the only person in the line that had like a legitimate gripe was there was a couple that had a, a young child who their car seat they had checked and they didn't have, so they didn't have a car seat. So it makes it that much more difficult to travel with the child. But, anyways, the point of all this is it really, really struck me in that moment, like how important random shit is to people. Shit that for the majority of it is 100% replaceable. You know, it's got sentimental value maybe, but it's all replaceable. And people are sitting there and it causes you, it causes them to be, you know, overtly rude to these strangers who are just trying to help with nothing to do with it just over this attachment to this material item that in reality holds no value anywhere. Um, so I was of course like super polite, charming. My bag showed up the next day. Who the fuck cares, you know, but it was really eye opening for me to see like how people react in a situation where they lose their things. Hey, just to add on to like what you just said right there, I wonder truly like, cause I'm, I always try to go with that same like respectful mentality because I, I guess, you know, I've seen the times that I've, I've gone with the mad approach and, yep. you know, I've seen the times that I've gone with the happy approach. I don't know that I've not gotten something that I needed or wanted. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is going to, I, I suck at talking right now, but I don't know if I've got what I, I don't know if I've not got what I've wanted yep. going with the nice approach. Yeah. So what I wonder is like, can they seriously like sit there and be like, oh, this guy wants to be a douche. Click, click, click. Yeah. See your shit in a week, buddy. If you even yeah, totally you. right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, little, little bit of manners go, go a long way. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's all, it all connects, you know, it's all relative in terms of, you know, how you're living, you know, it's like, if you're putting out good vibes, you know, chances are you're going to get the good vibes back. So it's like that, that kind of works in any aspect. Like you just said, like, you know, next day your bag showed up, boom. Um, Life went yeah, out it, it, it is kind of shitty, but it's like in the grand scheme of things, it's not like, you know, there's anything you can do. And uh, maybe it also shows you like, okay, why do you like, what are you even doing to begin with? You know, like, like, are you going on a vacation to somewhere you wish that you were or something and bringing all this stuff with you? Yeah. You know, what if you, you know, packed your car up and drove there and, you know, or, or whatever. And, and yeah. then, you know, it's like, now you're not dealing with any flights or check bags or, or anything. And uh, yeah, man, it's just, I, I, when it, especially when it comes to traveling, like the thing is, is, is for every extra outfit you bring. And as somebody who's traveled with women, you know, like going to Italy and with my sister and, and mostly my sister, sorry, Ash, if you're listening, but, you know, having to decide what you're going to wear or changing your outfit, like to me personally, this is just my opinion is like that takes away from your time to enjoy the vacation, right? Like, you know, say, take Italy, for example. Last time we were there, you know, 
the first half of our trip was centered around visiting some wineries and, and some winemakers tasting all the shit you do in Italy. Um, so if you're that concerned about what you're wearing, like when you go to the tasting and you're sitting there with this winemaker whose you know, family has owned 20 acres of land and the, some of the most beautiful part or one of the most beautiful parts of the world you'll ever see in your life, you think he really gives a shit you know, if your blouse and your, and your pants matched? No, like fucking no. <laughs> no. Cause he gets to look outside every day. Yeah, Right. Nature. So like, like so if the, every second that you obsess over your outfit and Ash, this is not directed at you. I'm speaking in generalities here. Like it's just time wasted. You might as well wear something that's comfortable and you think looks good and just enjoy the experience instead of focusing on things that are on the periphery that just don't matter that much. Hey man, it's, I mean, Hey, it's not, it's not just Ashland. It's, uh, uh, every single person. I mean, Hey, literally I, I understand, I guess the only time I'd start, I'd really like understand it and get it is like, once you start getting to like a specific thing, you know, like if you're yeah. going to go climb Mount Everest, you obviously need the proper gear and everything. You know, if you're going to, walk down a street in Florence, Italy. Yeah. Do you really need like, that's what I mean. Like you're there to just live and, and right, see. Right. But like, you know, if you're going up Kilimanjaro, you're probably going to need like an oxygen mask or something. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Certain Act things. for the situation. Right. You're right. You know? So, um, but yeah, no, it's all like another story, like a crazy one. Like my sister, Speaking of, I guess we're just on the topics of bringing up stories about our sister. But so my sister works for this company and uh, she does very well. And um, she got, she got a, uh, whatever, she got promoted out to California. So they pay for the move and everything. Yep. Right. So that's obviously a good scenario. You know, she's moving, mover, they, they take care of everything, whatever. Right. Okay. Well, one of her, we'll call him like a, a teammate or whatever, someone she works with, uh, a guy, he, he moved out to California from Boston to, you know, same thing to work in yep. the office out there. So they moved him out cause it was a, tr a transfer. Sure. Right. He was out there for a little while. Didn't love it. I guess move, wanted to go back to Boston. So it wasn't like a company um, transfer. Yeah. It was like a his decision. Right. It's a personal thing. So the company doesn't pay for the move. Right. 15 G's <laughs> the kid had to spend. 15 grand to move across the country. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, that's insane to me. Because, like, for me, it would cost me however much – I would need in gas money dude you know, to, to get move, my vehicle to right move. yeah Cap so for like, me to get back was 250 bucks right i was gonna say like for me to get from uh uh dallas to to jackson hole uh when it get luckily gas was at like the remember it was like a buck right, yeah 25 right. or whatever but i think i think it cost me 90 dollars yeah, i filled right. up three times right like 30 30 bucks a piece or something yeah so, um, yeah, like that, that's it. That's what I would require, you know, maybe across the country be like, you know, now or whatever, you know, like you said, 250, 300 yeah, sure. bucks, but $15,000. Now what I want to know is if you added up all his shit, do you think it's even worth 15 grand? No, fuck no. No. I mean, I mean, maybe, but like, no, I, I, not, I, like a, you know what I mean? Like. I would have, I would have left everything. 15, yeah. I'll go buy a new one of everything. Restart my whole entire life. It's like, dude, when I, when I moved down to new Haven, so I only had, I, I don't, I don't own my, actually the amount of stuff I've accrued over the last two and a half years has grown, but nothing crazy. When I moved down here, I had my buddy, Justin, who lives right down the street from me who was going to meet me at my place 
because all I needed help with was like the bed, right? Beds, you know, it's a little bit heavy for one person to move. So the morning I'm going to start my move, I get a U-Haul or actually I rent, uh, I, I took the, the box truck from our buddy, Mike Fowler, shout out Dino's, uh, his family's company. They, they own storage unit places. So they have box trucks made available to people that have storage units there. So I took one of the box trucks, Dino, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I was the one that popped the tire. I went over a, a, a granite curb, popped one of the interior tires on the back, had to bring it to town fair tire, get the tire changed. My buddy who was going to help me in New Haven had other obligations and wasn't able to wait for me because, you know, that backed it all up a couple hours. So, you know, whatever, no big deal. I said, worst case scenario, I leave the bed in the truck till tomorrow. I'll move the rest of the stuff in. So I got down here. I started moving stuff in slowly. The only thing that was left was the bed, you know, the mattress and the box spring. And I just muscled those bitches up the second, up to the second floor myself and got them in here. The point of all that is I was able to move myself 50 minutes away with no help in about four hours, right. including an hour and a half of driving. Right. Would have been less time too, if you didn't pop your tire. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a great feeling. Um, uh, just kind of being like, cause even like for me, I went to Texas and I kind of just packed up my whole, cause I didn't know what was going to go on with my house back in Connecticut. Right, I now have, right. I have a renter in there now, so it's all good. But I literally just brought everything that I saw had value Yep. because for me, I've, I've kind of been, um, I, I think we talked early on in an episode, just like, uh, eBay, like I've, I've sold yeah. a ton of stuff on eBay. So for me, like when I look at something, you know, it could be, I'm holding like a Nalgene bottle, obviously right. it's not worth shit, but you know, it, you know, if it was, everything has a value, um, sure. you know, maybe it's worth 10 bucks. So if you right. really needed to sell, you know, sell something, but, uh, so for, for me, like I drove to Texas with a shitload of stuff, like yeah. two of those big, huge tool, um, like job site toolboxes mm -hmm. in the back of my truck. One was like stuffed with all my, um, you know, like personal shit. And the other one was stuffed with tools and I had skis and hockey gear and all yep. this stuff. And so then when I was down in Texas, you know, I had in my free time, I like to sell shit on eBay or whatever, or, mm -hmm. you know, find shit and then resell it or, you know, make an extra buck here and there. So I felt like I, I offed a ton of stuff down, down there. And then when I came up, so then when I packed my truck to come up to Wyoming, I felt even more like free still have stuff that I don't need, but yeah. I think it's all part of it. It's like, like I was just saying, like go on vacation and see what you use and, and you know, and you know, always, I guess like make, make little changes, you know, always, yeah. always be, uh, always be doing something to improve whatever it is that you're doing. So for me, it's like, I, I want to become lighter and lighter and yeah, get to a point where it's just like, you know, I kind of, I went a little bit opposite of you. Um, 30 year old Aaron would be, killing 25 year old Aaron for this now, but, um, I, I was, was huge into streetwear, right? Oh yeah. Kinds of designer clothing. Not, not a bad thing. Like you had fire shit. No. And like, and I, you know, I bought what I liked. I didn't necessarily buy what I thought was going to be worth a ton down the road. I bought what I liked to wear and, and I wore it all. And, and, you know, quite a few of those things had some serious value to them, but when Wait, I, where, where did you used to wear those? Oh, I used to wear like, uh, so for, for any non sneaker people out there before Kanye West started doing, uh, the Yeezy boosts with, uh, Adidas, he did, uh, two different models, uh, three colors each of these sneakers for Nike called the air Yeezys. I had the original, uh, colorway that was dropped the gray ones. There's 3000 pairs ever made. And I used to, wear them in like basement parties at like Eastern Connecticut State University and 
Just and if you were to sell those right now, even you, uh, if they were, if they were used, I could probably get 3,500 for them. If they were brand new, probably about 10 grand. So, Hey, living your learn. for twisting that dagger. But, uh, so when, that's what I'm when here I, for bubs. When, when I was going to California, like I, you know, I, I had too many clothes and you know, at the time I thought I was going to be there for years and years and years. So I was like, well, I'm not going to need winter clothes really. So I went through and rather than selling a lot of this stuff, I just gave it away. And in hindsight, I wish I had sold it for, cause the money would have been great. But at the time I had this like mental thing where I was like, I need to just purge this shit and rid myself of the attachment, almost like punishing myself, like for being so fucking loose with money and spending money on stuff that I really didn't need. And I had excess of, you know, I basically like tried to punish myself by giving away these things that I knew were worth, you know, worth, you know, a couple hundred to a thousand bucks, whatever. Um, and there was something, I use this word a lot last week, but something cathartic about it. Like it just, it felt good to just be rid of not even the physical attachment, but the mental attachment to these things that I had held in such high regards for so long. Um, it devalued them in my mind, which almost like devalued the entire principle in my mind. Okay. I'm so happy that you just said that because um, it's a real, that's a real thing. And there's this, uh, there's this woman. And the reason I know about this stuff is because, you know, like I mentioned before, my dad, it's a little bit of a hoarder. So they've had some people come in and like, try to kind of like, you know, work with them. My, they, my mom and dad had this woman come in, like, she was like, I don't know, like an organizer or something. And like, but either way, so going back, there's this woman, Marie Kondo, and she's like this like minimalist master. And uh, she's got this like whole theory and all this stuff. But what you're supposed to do are it like for her, like you're supposed to go through everything that you have. Like literally that, you know, that six rings shirt that you're wearing, like if you were going to get rid of it. Um, I might as well. Cause it's eight rings now. Shout out Bill Belichick. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> but you'd be like, thank you shirt. I appreciate everything. Um, I, you know, everything you've given me and then you like kind of like give it a funeral you know what i mean mm. and it's like um because that's the problem like you start to wonder like just just think if every single decision that we make right holds space in our heads mm -hmm. every single one like you mentioned steve jobs before you're like oh yeah. that's very steve jobs-esque well the reason why steve jobs wears or wore the same black shirt and blue jeans every day was because he didn't have to use any brain power to make a decision what he was going to wear that day or waste any time for that or matter. waste any time he it was he wasn't going to stand in front of his closet and him and haw at what he needed to wear and use up energy everything yep. is energy so bam, he know he doesn't have to think about it. He puts on his shirt, puts on his pants, goes about his day. Well, that same like that same mentality is is like true for everything. Every little decision, every little thought that you have, you know, takes up energy in your life. So if you're like truly worried about, you know, what your friend you know, did or, or some petty bullshit. Like that's where it all starts. Like as soon as you can rid that and then you start to rid, you know, other things, then mm -hmm. you start to truly like live. Um, my buddy sent me an unbelievable message today. It's crazy that, um, um, man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies having never really lived. So it's like, what are you, what are you kind of like, 
truly like what makes your spirit happy what you know because all this other stuff is really just bullshit it's just like excess bullshit yeah my so. uh my mom used to have a book when we were kids that was like on the coffee table and i i never read it i didn't really need to the title kind of said it all but it was don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff um and i think how that applies to you know, kind of what we're talking about is like, and we've gone over now a little bit, but people spend so much time worrying about, you know, I got one buddy who calls me who's, you know, he's into cars, he's a single guy, he makes good money so he can afford a nice car. And, uh, you know, he calls me, I don't know, we talk, we talk all the time, but he'll call me to be like, you know, I'm thinking about getting a, a Volkswagen GLI and he'll talk himself in and out of that. And then he'll call me the next week and, you know, I really like the, you know, Alfa Romeo, uh, Julia, and, you know, I'll talk himself in and out of that. It's like, dude, just pick something and go with it. You know, like it doesn't need to be this, all this energy you focus on, you know, which car you're going to buy ends up being a waste. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of thought space. When you can minimalize the thoughts in your brain or minimalize them to what's important, like, that's when things start to work, right? Like, I think there's a level of, you know, with what you just said, where you have to prepare for the future, right? Like you have to have some plan for the future. What has always worked for me, sort of, has been set a goal for the future, like, you know, where I want to be in five years, where I want to be in 10 years, but then don't structure out every step of the way in between. Leave room for, you know, flow and, and things to change it's worked great for me so far. I don't know if it works for everybody. Some people like to plan every second of your life, but I think when you do it like that, it keeps you pointed towards the future. So you're not focusing energy on the past, which there's nothing you can change. You can't change the past. So there's no point in, in focusing your energy on it. So it keeps me steered towards the future, but it allows me the wiggle room to enjoy the moment I'm living in and see how the connections can be made. And those stones, you know, those stepping stones can be stepped on to get to where my plan is for five years, 10 years down the road. Yeah. To like totally. Um, you know, what is it like, you know, it's like smart goals. Um, let's see if I can remember this strategic, measurable, attainable, realistic, realistic and time time. I think is the last one. Like That's time. Nice look at that man that's my college hockey coach for you <laughs> i hated going to those stupid meetings but guess what there you have it everyone hated going to those stupid meetings it's so funny man i was just i don't know randomly but i was talking with my buddy uh when i was down when i was driving through colorado i stopped and was hanging out with my buddy and i was like man how how shitty like how much did we all hate having to do all that bullshit in college and he was like man it was the worst it was the worst and I was like and how often do you think like about how much it's helped you you know yeah, right. in your life and he's like every day and I'm yep. like me too <laughs> it's like it's like that shit you know every at the start of every year we had two nights two three-hour sessions on alcohol wow. okay Try telling 29 college hockey players to not drink. <laughs> right. And yeah. we left that Tuesday night at 10 o'clock at night and went and got shit-faced, you yep. know what I mean, or, or whatever. Like, tell us not to do it, and we're going to do it. And it's just, right. But it's just like, on the flip side, now here I am eight years later, and it's like, you know, realizing how poison, poisonous alcohol is and, like, you know, how detrimental yeah. it is. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, shit. I led the led the country in power play scoring as a booze bag. I probably would have had yeah. like triple that if I was. Yeah, imagine if you could have just laid off the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, there's dude. there's there is something like about those like those things you hate doing as a kid, right? That that end up teaching you like so fucking much, and but you just you'll never ever ever realize it in the moment. You never will. You never will. Like I took. Uh, I took honors Latin for three years in, in high school. And the only reason I really stuck with it was the, the guy who taught the class was unbelievable. Mr. Pfeiffer, 
this, you know, older guy ran a, ran a shelter for abused and battered women, just, but super wise, like, you know, just would impart these life lessons on, on people kind of racist, little bit of racism in, in his voice, but he was actually, he was a pretty good hard dude. He just had some antiquated views on things, but anyway, hey, now's not really the time to bring up race. Okay. Hey, Mr. Pfeiffer, you're a, you're a legend of the game. I, maybe I was perceiving it wrong as a 16-year-old. But anyways, he would do these things where, like, you know, most of the class was surrounded around actually learning Latin. But every once in a while, he would do, like, these relaxation classes where we just – we wouldn't learn anything. And he would have that, us – I'm sorry to cut you off. That's so weird. My French teacher did that too. Something yeah. about foreign language. Go ahead. Carry on. So he used to – you know, he'd have us, like, put our heads on the desk – and you know closer is just basically like you know meditation he would take you away you know through storytelling into this mental space and, and you know talk you through all this stuff and i remember sitting there like as a kid and being like i fucking hate latin like it is so ridiculously hard and it and it fucking is but two things have come of that he helped to shape my perspective when i was 14 15 16 years old which at the time doesn't, didn't resonate, but now in looking back, so much of my path was shifted through those three years of taking Latin with him. And then also like learning Latin, like, you know, it's been right. great. Yeah, I have an amazing vocabulary bro. because of it, but like those lessons at the time, you don't, I didn't appreciate them at all. I didn't know anything about them. And then you could look back on it and you see like where the connectivity is for the rest of your life with that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, life is, uh, like we talk about every week. I think our, our new thing is, is, is all mindset. I think I feel yeah. like, and, and it's helped you and I so greatly. Like we've talked kind of a lot about how just kind of like opening up and talking about this stuff is kind of like revamped our perspectives and like yeah. how we're going about our days. Um, gratitude you know is uh is huge and, yeah uh, I mean, we i mean sorry not to cut you off but we talked the other day and um it was like the most hyped up i've ever been after a phone conversation with a buddy like i called you had called me on tuesday but i was really busy a really busy day end of the fiscal I, year end of the, end fiscal, of the fiscal year. year end of the month so i called you back wednesday at the end of the day when i was walking the dog and uh you know, we were just like hyping each other up, like not, not intentionally. It was just kind of the, the direction the conversation took. But there was one, one thing we talked about was like how I think as people, we don't take enough time. I just, I know I just talked about the past and how you can't change it, but we don't take enough time to look back to the past and give ourselves credit for like what we've become and like where we've grown to, right? Like, you know, everybody's always either so focused on the present or the future that you may get anxious about the future because it's unknown, right? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, do I have enough money saved up if this emergency happens? You know, if, if I get sick, you know, what will happen? That anxiety will always be there. But you need to take time every once in a while to look back on the last two, five, 10 years and say, look at how much I've grown as a person. Look at how much I've grown to the point where like, I am financially literate now. You know, I know this much about X and this much about Y and you know, all these things I never thought I'd do. I've gone and done these places I never thought I'd go. I've gone to, um, you need to just like not dwell on it, but look back every once in a while and appreciate it and have some gratitude for the lessons it's taught you and the direction it's taken you. Yeah, man. And it's like, and the other thing, it's like, it, it gives you some perspective, you know, it's like, am I growing as a person, you know, or, or maybe it's like looking back, like, okay, well maybe I do need to change a couple things. And then boom, right there is the start of your, of your new growth. You know what I mean? It's like, um, I have to think, you know, if, if, it, if every single person kind of backtracked five years, you know, for the most part, I would say that people are, have grown whether, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you're not in like a great financial position or something, but just say, 
that maybe you paid off, you know, over the last five years, you paid off some debt. So maybe you really are in a better financial position, right. um, you know, and it's like, you're not even realizing it. So, right. you know, make sure you're giving yourself a, a pat on the back too, for, for, for where you are. And, uh, you know, it's like, as soon as I think you can realize that everyone is kind of, you know, it's interesting and I'll bring, I'll bring this up because it rings a bell. I've, uh, I've been blessed to meet, uh, I've now met three billionaires in my life, two in Texas and one up here in, in Jackson, Wyoming. And, um, it was, you know, the ones in Texas I met through, through my friend that, um, I was working, you know, for his, his oil and gas company. So it, it was kind of like a, I mean, he, he was pretty much on the phone with, with one, you know, weekly, but all three are all human beings. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like all three are people. So it's like in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's like, the people that, that everyone like envies, chances are they got just as much shit going on in their lives, you know, like more money, more problems. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, like we're all just, we're all humans. All right. So it's like, if you like, I'm not, I'm not sure like how I, like I'm trying to word this, but I, I guess what what I'm getting at is like, there's no, there's not a, like one, one way is no, no better than the other way. Right. If, we all have our own paths. Right. So it's like, it's not that, um, you know, like the person that's, that's like envious of the billionaire, chances are they're living better. Like they're, 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 if you have a billion dollars, there's probably a large amount of people that you're in charge of. Yep. You know, there's a lot of outliers that, you know, go on like, like all this shit. And it's like, it all comes back to just s simplicity. Yeah. Like that's just extra shit to worry about. You know, am I going to lose my money? You know, do, you know, it's like, it, it, it's just like, uh, I guess, you know, it's just all like comes down to perspective. But once, I guess the reason I brought that up is because I, I mean, I have, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I think it's like a it's not like a common thing that just like shake hands with a billionaire or whatever. No. It's like, uh, you know, it's, I'm not like saying it as like a, like a conceited thing. I'm just sure. simply stating that they are a person too. Right. You know what I mean? And there's no, what, whatever they're doing. Yeah. Like it made them a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you're not happy inside or whatever, it, it really doesn't matter. So yeah, it's like, there's another, there's another aspect of that too, is that like having that amount of money and having the ability to buy or do whatever you want, whenever you want, it will jade you, you will become jaded to it. And by that, I mean, um, you know, I've talked about traveling a lot, I've talked about Italy a lot. The last full day that I was in Italy two summers ago, my, my stepmother, my sister and I went to, uh, we drove to Portofino. We were staying in Genoa. We drove to Portofino. Portofino is this ultra luxury town right on the Italian Riviera, uh, right in the Ligurian Sea. It is stunning. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite places I've ever gotten to spend any time, these tiny ancient roads that wind through these hills that like I was driving an Alfa Romeo SUV, it barely fucking fit down these roads. I thought I was going to hit like the cliff or, or another driver the whole time. So we get there and there's probably a, I don't know, 150 foot yacht in the Harbor and then docked offshore, another 200 foot yacht, all these fucking yachts all over the place. Right. So we drive in, park the car, get out. We start walking around like the main little Harbor area, you know, just checking it out. And then we walk back along the road. Um, we stop at a couple beaches along the way. And then we find this like beach club where, you know, to rent uh, a chair for the day is whatever, 50 euro. So we rent three chairs 
and we order like a charcuterie board and Aperol spritzes and we're sitting there, you know, overlooking the Ligurian Sea, people everywhere, beautiful fucking day. And that experience to me, it's still to this day. And I talk about it with my mom or my stepmom and my sister all the time. Like to this day, one of the best days of my life, right? Like I will always remember it. I will always cherish it. It was incredible. All those billionaires and millionaires that were there with their super yachts probably didn't give a shit at all. The next day they sail off to the coast of Spain. The next day they sail off to, you know, the French Riviera. And it's the same thing over and over and over again for them to the point where they just get used to it. You get jaded to it. So in that situation, having less, being minimalistic to a degree because of forced economic reasons, it allowed me to appreciate it more than somebody who's got a billion dollars and can go do that whenever they want, you know? Yeah, man. That's life for you. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't even, I mean, I feel like we could kind of just like probably just keep going on with like, you know, stories and yeah. shit. But, uh, yeah. um, I think it's just, I think it's important to be light, you know, travel light, um, and be light in, in, in terms of, of, of your head. Like, uh, it's, it's, uh, what did Teddy Roosevelt say? Walk softly and carry a big stick. I, I don't know. I'm not. Oh, I'm come not, on, bro. That's like I'm a famous as, Teddy Roosevelt. I'm not as quote. versed as you, you know? I'm not Walk softly and carry a big stick, something along those lines. But, um, no, you're right. I think you and I could go back and forth telling stories all day. And who knows if people find them entertaining, but, you know, there's some application there for real life. But, um, check back in next week uh at some point here we'll probably have a guest on in the coming weeks uh, my dad actually wants to come on and talk about mental health which will be interesting because i've you know i've had some talks with my dad about mental health but never really anything super seriously in depth so that would be an interesting one to have but um you got anything else to add buddy um subscribe rate review yes ben fuck i forget it every damn week um yes subscribe rate review itunes unsubscribe resubscribe resubscribe five star review please don't anything less than that fuck off but anyways benny good chat pal love you love you bro